Grace to you and peace from God our Father and from the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. The church gathers on Easter in order that we might see our risen Lord. Obviously, there's a bit of a problem with that in that physically, our eyes cannot see him. Yet, though we don't see him with our physical eyes, we do see the risen Lord Jesus with eyes of faith. Now, we often assign faith to things that we're told we ought to believe, but there's no real proof or evidence for it. And that is a mistake. When we are called by the Holy Spirit to faith, we are not told to just put our trust and hope in things that have no basis in reality. We gather here, the church, on Easter morning. We're that group that's a little bit maybe touched in the head because we're willing to get up so early and be here because of this truth that Jesus Christ is indeed risen from the dead. He was in the tomb. He is not there any longer. And this is based in fact. And that is what St. Paul establishes at the beginning of 1 Corinthians 15, his great chapter on the resurrection. I think I may do this every year. If not, it's definitely a thing I'm going to start doing. If you want a great Easter devotional practice, adding into sunrise service and going to the breakfast and being in church, go home and read 1 Corinthians 15 in its entirety. We get just the first 11 verses in our epistle today. And in those 11 verses, Paul establishes that this resurrection of Jesus is rooted in things that actually happened. Seeing our risen Lord this morning is not just blind trust. Paul gives us evidence. Starting in verse 3, he says, I delivered to you as of first importance what I also received, that Christ died for our sins in accordance with the scriptures, that he was buried, that he was raised on the third day in accordance with the scriptures. Now we say as much in the creed, whether we use the Apostles' Creed or like this morning, the Nicene Creed, 
we say that Jesus was crucified, died, and was buried. And on the third day, he rose again. What we don't say is what Paul goes on to say in the next several verses. He died for our sins, was buried, raised on the third day in accordance with the scriptures. And that he appeared to Cephas, then to the twelve. Then he appeared to more than 500 brothers at one time, most of whom are still alive, though some have fallen asleep. Then he appeared to James, then to all the apostles, last of all, as to one untimely born, he appeared also to me. Paul, in his confession of the Christian faith, indeed speaks of Jesus crucified, died, buried, raised to life on the third day, and also witnessed. He was seen with physical eyes so that the people of God would have confidence that he is indeed risen from the dead. That you may have that confidence that your Lord does indeed live. Faith Here's that witness, which, for example, our gospel today, we heard from St. John, his witness. He saw his risen Lord. He was one of many who saw Jesus and recorded it that you and I would know, would trust, would have assurance that death truly has been undone. And at the very beginning of our epistle, the very beginning of 1 Corinthians 15, that great chapter, St. Paul says that this is the gospel. I would remind you, brothers, of the gospel I preached to you, which you received, in which you stand, and by which you are being saved if you hold fast to the word I preached to you, unless you believed in vain. This is the gospel of Jesus Christ. This is the reason the church exists. Because our Lord Jesus was dead and is not dead anymore. And this is truth. This word is given to you. This word of gospel, hope, promise, and comfort is for you. That you would know and trust and have assurance that death does not get the final word. 
Death does not win the day. In fact, Paul, in true Pauline fashion, goes on later in that chapter at the very end. I'm telling you, you need to go home and read it. The very end. Paul is bold enough to say, Oh, death, where is your victory? Oh, death, where is your sting? Death, you have none of it. You have no victory. You have no sting. You have no power because our Lord Jesus Christ is risen from the dead. He was in the tomb. He is there no longer. And for that reason, we have a special word that is on our lips today and throughout our Christian life in this world. We are called to sing together, Alleluia. He is risen indeed. This is truth. This is everything. Again, Paul's words. I delivered to you as of first importance what I also received. That Christ died for our sins in accordance with the scriptures. That he was buried. That he was raised on the third day in accordance with the scriptures. And that he appeared. He was seen. Whether it was I or they, so we preach. And so you believed. May we never tire of preaching that Jesus is risen from the dead. That the tomb is empty. Again, going back to that first verse, I would remind you, brothers, of the gospel I preached to you, which you received, in which you stand, and by which you are being saved. This good news, that, that word gospel, it means good news. That almost seems insufficient to just call it good news, that the tomb is empty, that because death has no power over Jesus, it has no power over you. We have received it. We stand in it, according to Paul, and by it, we are being saved. So we preach, and so you believed. This word holds before you today, dear Christians, your living Lord Jesus. He lives that you would live. He reigns forever and ever that you would reign with him. Look on him. He is no longer dead. He is alive.
see him and believe. Receive this word. Stand in this word. And be saved for all eternity. Because the resurrection of Jesus is historical fact. Death is undone. He lives forever. Alleluia. Amen. The peace of God which passes all understanding. Keep your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. Amen.